Well, it's been another weekend. I hope everybody's weekend was good here in the United States. We had 11 mass shootings this weekend and more than 300 shootings altogether. Those are the right numbers. Do not adjust your television. Do not punch your phone screen. Do not throw it in the toilet and flush it. Those are the real numbers. 11 mass shootings Friday to Sunday and more than 300 shootings total. In terms of the mass shootings, we had four on Friday, three on Saturday and four on Sunday. Now, understand that in the US, we have categories of shootings that don't exist in the entire world. Um, you look at Serbia, for example, and what recently happened there with shootings, and you see that there are categories here that would sound crazy elsewhere. For example, in the United States, we have regular shootings, not mass shootings, where one or two people are killed or injured in many. That's a regular shooting. You then have mass shootings where you have three people injured or killed in total or more. And then you have nationally uh, uh, covered mass shootings, which are mass shootings that the country takes an interest in interest in. And indeed, uh, by, by the way, if you're interested about these numbers, go to gunviolencearchive.org. You can see the mass shootings. You can see all shootings over the last 72 hours. Um, for example, you know, this morning there have already been shootings in Los Angeles, two in Texas uh, or I'm sorry, one in Texas was this morning. One was yesterday. OK, so you, you kind of get the picture. Some of these make national headlines. For, for example, the one in Allen, Texas did. This was at the Allen Premium Outlets where eight victims were killed, seven were injured, and the shooter was, quote, neutralized per a report by Fox 4. That one received extensive coverage, many politicians weighing in about it. We'll dig into that one in more detail a little bit later. But then there are other mass shootings that get less attention. For example, there was the one in St. Louis, Missouri, where two teens were killed and two others were injured. This was yesterday morning, Sunday morning. This one got local coverage, but didn't really get national coverage. That's because in the United States, mass shoot, not just shootings are so common. Mass shootings are so common that it's got to be really depraved and deranged, like particularly sick to even make national headlines. And again, that's just mass shootings. Then we have just kind of like your run of the mill shootings. For example, these these aren't even a blip on the radar for most of the country. Uh, this one was in Pendleton, Indiana where a man was found shot to death and police are seeking the public's help. This this is sort of like your more pedestrian mass shooting, for lack of a better term. So this is the day to day reality in the United States. And we continue to have and we're going to delve into this. We continue to have a political contingent that wants to do nothing other than offer prayers, sometimes thoughts, sometimes they will think about it, but often it's just they'll pray sometimes thoughts and prayers, sometimes just prayers. And uh, when I suggested, of course, on Twitter that the prayer doesn't really seem to help, even even Christian schools have been shot up and certainly there's prayer happening there. Uh, I'm the bad guy rather than all the people who want to do absolutely nothing. We then have uh, elected officials who choose instead to focus on mental health, yet they don't want to fund mental health services or they want to focus on violent video games, even when there's no evidence that the shooter played video games. You've all gotten to know this endless routine that we have in the United States. Another aspect to the cycle, of course, the sick insidious cycle is right when there's a major again, I'm, I'm using the crazy terminology 
when we have a major mass shooting of natural interest, uh, national interest, we should have an abbreviation for that. Uh, there are many people who say now that this is again in the spotlight, as it is every few days, we should really do something about gun safety laws. And these are very popular proposals. We saw even a Fox News poll last week said that most Americans favor requiring a background check in every case of a gun transaction, even between private individuals. Uh, these things are very popular. Oh, we can't politicize this in the immediate aftermath. Tensions are running high. The families haven't buried their dead. You, you hear all this stuff, but we do send our thoughts and prayers. You, thoughts and prayers you can do at any time. And then a little while goes by and then hopefully the people seeking to make change, hopefully I mean from the pers perspective of the gun people, the people seeking to make change forget or they move on or whatever the case may be. And then nothing happens. And then we have our next major mass shooting of national interest and then same cycle over and over and over again. I have to tell you, though, we did hear from a few people after the shooting in Allen, Texas, who were stepping out of their you might call it their prescribed uh, characters and actually said things that make a lot of sense. I want to look at a couple examples of this uh, with you right now. We talked about 11 mass shootings in the United States over the weekend, more than 300 total shootings. Those are the real numbers, 11 mass shootings, 300 total shootings. And much of what we got from the gun people, as I call them, after the Allen, Texas shooting left eight dead, seven injured at a mall. Much of it was the same do nothing agit trash that we've been looking at for decades. But we heard from an interesting guy, a witness of the mall shooting. His name is Stephen Spanauer. And one of the things that he said was, I'm an ex cop. I'm an ex military officer. I'm a gun person. I love guns. He loves his guns. But he said it wasn't mental health that killed these people. It was an automatic rifle with bullets. This guy presenting some moral clarity on this as a gun lover. OK, let's listen. I don't know what the gunman's problem was. I don't know his motive, but it wasn't mental health that killed these people. It was an automatic rifle with bullets. That's right. what killed him. I'm a gun lover. I have guns. I'm a former police officer. I'm a former army officer. But these M4s and AR-15s, they've got to get off the streets or this is going to keep happening. And we've got to stop that at some point. It could be you. It could be your family member. I never imagined it would be me. I never imagined it would happen in my community, but it did. And we've got to stop this type of carnage. And all the politicians are going to make statements. They're going to offer prayers and condolences. Prayers and condolences won't bring these people back. Right. We need some action in our legislatures at the federal and state level for better gun control. And I'm saying that as somebody who loves guns. Who can argue with that? And you know what? This isn't that rare of a view among the progressive gun owners. I know so many people my age, older, younger progressives who own guns and have this exact same view. And to be perfectly frank, much of their gun ownership, you know, this guy loves guns. OK, good for him. But he has the clarity to say we've got to do something about the guns. I have some friends who love guns and collect and all of this stuff, and they are 
completely fine saying it should be really strict. I'm willing to do whatever I need to do. I'll get the safe. I'll get the insurance. I'll get the required. Uh, I'll get a mental health eval. Not that these things are required, but they're willing to do them if everybody's subjected to them. We'll do the mental health eval. I'll do uh, liability insurance, relicensing, eye exam. Right? It's got to be at least as difficult as getting and maintaining a car and a license on the road. Uh, but some of my progressive gun owning friends just realize that they don't want only the right wingers having the guns. And that that becomes a race to the bottom, arguably, even though I sympathize with that and I understand it. So we need something to change that most of us would agree with, although there are some on the right who actually say we don't need anything to change other than buying people buying more guns. OK, well, they're, they're pretty sick. It's going to be hard to, to talk to them. But we have a list of very low hanging fruit that the country by and large agrees with. We looked at the poll last week, uh, background checks in all cases at the top of the list, uh, waiting periods, banning some guns, et cetera, et cetera. We can we know some of the things that the country agrees with, but there's too much money raised. There's too much NRA blood money, which is effectively what it is doled out to elected officials. And unfortunately, listen, I don't want to say nothing will ever change. That's a defeatist attitude. We've seen just about every scenario teed up where you should be able to knock one out of the park easily and, and achieve some change after Sandy Hook comes to mind. And yet nothing or almost nothing happens. So good for Steve Spanauer for saying what he said. Gun lover, but it wasn't mental health. It, it was the guns that did this. Meanwhile, there are still Republicans saying all we need is thoughts and prayers. Let's look at that next. Uh, Representative Keith, Keith Self is a Republican. He represents the area that uh, suffered this terrible, terrible shooting, Allen, Texas. And he was actually asked on CNN, what about all these people who just say thoughts and prayers? That doesn't work. And he said, oh, yeah, it does. You just have to believe in the power of God. <laughs> what? Explain that to me, Keith. Listen to this. Now, you know, Congressman, that is a common refrain after these incidents, after mass shootings. But many people argue that prayers aren't cutting it. Prayers are not preventing the next mass shooting. I wish she said she said rather than many people argue just prayers don't prevent mass shootings. When you say many people argue, it's like, well, but many people argue that they do. No, it's just prayers don't prevent mass shootings. And yet it's all you're willing to offer. Listen to this. What is your response to that criticism? Well, those are people that don't believe in uh, an almighty God who can, who has who is absolutely in control of our lives. Hmm. I'm a Christian. I believe that he is. Oh, we have people, though, with mental health that we're not taking care of. Oh. Since this nation made the decision that we were going to close the mental health institutions. Uh, many of these situations are based on that. Uh, and people that say, and, and I really, I would like to stay away from the politics today because I want to focus on the victims. Right. Uh, Except the problem is right wingers who want to do nothing always want to stay away from the politics. They are the political problem, right? It's 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 almost a sick joke to say, listen, this is not about guns. This is about we need mental institutions, which were horrifying, by the way. Many of the ones that closed were, were horrifying. I've been reading a book about it. In fact, worst conditions. Nobody's getting cured at those places. Um, and but but prayer works. But let's not like get all political. I want to take the politics out of it. We could take the politics out of it if we just did what the American people agreed should be done. Five of the 10 or 12 things that I've outlined before. 
he makes the political issue a necessity because he and many of his party say we don't need anything other than prayer and I guess mental institutions. Today, we should be focused on the families. Oh, uh, prayer is powerful in the lives of those people that are devastated. I know people says who want to make this political, but prayers are important and they are powerful in the families who are devastated right now. That may or may not be. It is completely compatible to say prayer may be a soothing tool for victims or it may not. It's up to them. But it has nothing to do with what civil government must do about this scourge or scourge of gun violence, depending on whose pronunciation you prefer. These can be two different things. But prayer from elected officials certainly can't be considered policy. Remember when a few weeks ago people were furious with me because I said, hey, guys, if you need any more evidence that prayer doesn't work, it's that people were shot up at a Christian school where they presumably pray all the time. And people were mad at me. Oh, David, that's so insensitive. You Christian hating Jew bastard. We've got a lot of those. Um, uh, how dare you blame the kids, folks? The prayer doesn't work. That's the problem. Whoever thought it did, they were wrong. It's not the kids. This is really the offensive thing to say. You've just got to believe in an almighty God who controls everything. And think of that. If you truly and literally believe that a God is in charge of the minutiae of everything, including mass shootings, why would you legislate anything? And that's the danger that you have to really understand. If we believe Keith self is literally representing his views. Now, the prayer is what we need because God is in control of everything. Then, of course, they're not going to do anything legislatively. They don't think they have to because God has already decided how many shootings there are or aren't going to be and who's going to survive or die. It's a cop out to do nothing, which is exactly what they've done. So that works really well for them. When there's a nonfiction book, I just don't have the time to read. Having a summary of the book is really valuable. Several different platforms out there will summarize books. I've tried them all. Short form is by far the most impressive one, and it goes way beyond what other platforms do. Our sponsor short form not only will summarize the book covering all of the key ideas, short form also provides analysis and commentary that contextualizes the book, comparing it to what other books say about the same topic, and you can read or listen to the entire thing in one sitting. For instance, the book Dark Money by Jane Mayer about how wealthy Republicans are covertly influencing American politics. Short form clearly and concisely sums up the book's most important takeaways, but it also gives you a ton of other crucial background about lobbying, libertarianism, and that helps you really understand how does the book fit into the broader topic of conservative money in politics. That's why I love short form. Short form has every genre, politics, business, tech, biographies, and my audience can try short form totally free and get 25% off a subscription at shortform.com slash Pacman. That's S H O R T F O R M dot com slash Pacman for a free trial and 25% off. The link is in the podcast notes. We've talked on the show about how Internet service providers have been logging everything their customers do online and selling that data. Tech companies use trackers in websites and apps to collect your data. You can shield yourself from all of it 
by using a VPN every time you connect to the Internet. The VPN I use is private Internet access. It's the only VPN that has proven multiple times in court they do not log your activity. Our sponsor, private Internet access, hides my IP address, prevents big tech from being able to paint a picture of who I am and what I do online. And it works for all of your favorite streaming platforms like Netflix and Hulu to access shows and movies normally only available in other countries. It's one of the only VPNs that works for peer to peer file sharing. And the best part is you can protect unlimited devices with just one account going online without private Internet access is like leaving your phone unattended in a crowded room. Anyone can just take a glance. My audience gets 83 percent off. That's just two oh three a month. Go to piavpncom dot com slash David. The link is in the podcast notes. The David Pakman show continues to be an audience funded program, maybe different than some of the shows you're used to watching. We don't have a big corporate funder. We don't have a massive ad budget. What we have are people who listen to the show or watch the show and like it enough to say, hey, I'm going to contribute a few bucks a month. That's really all we're talking about. We provide great perks with great strength, including the award winning bonus show. It is true. It's all awards we've given out. But still, I do think we should consider them valuable. You also get commercial free audio and video streams of the show every single day. You get invited to the members only town halls. We've got a soundboard that you can use. That is a frickin' predator right there. Yes. On the member side of the website, there's a soundboard you can use for whatever reasons you might want to use it. I'm not going to give anybody any ideas. And you can sign up at joinpacman.com. Always there is a coupon code available. This week you can use the coupon code indicted. Indicted. Let's talk about the economy starting with jobs. We had very, very strong jobs numbers come out late last week. CNBC reports job growth totals two hundred and fifty three thousand in April, beating expectations even as the U.S. economy slows from the standpoint of GDP. The simple facts are non farm payrolls were expected at one hundred and eighty thousand came in at two fifty three thousand. That's great. Unemployment rate was three point four percent. The estimate was three point six percent. This is the lowest unemployment rate since 1969 and average hourly earnings went up half of one percent and are now up four point four percent from a year ago. Wages growing faster than expected, both in the last month uh, and in the last year. A couple of other interesting things to mention here. Uh, one is that black unemployment, much touted and discussed by Donald Trump as one of his major accomplishments, has hit an all time low. Uh, do we care specifically about the racial breakdown of jobs? Well, we care to the extent that elected officials in Washington use it as a political football. Now, what does this say in general about how the economy is doing? Well, we have to look at a lot of different things when we ask how is an economy doing? An economy is not only jobs. An economy is not only stock market. An economy is not only GDP or inflation. But in some total, we can look at a lot of these things. For example, here is a chart of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. This is a one month chart. As you can see, the Dow is up over the last month. Here is a six month chart. The Dow is up over the last six months. Here is a year to date chart. The Dow is up there. Here is a one year chart. The Dow is up there as well. And here is a five year chart. And the, 
stock markets over longer periods tend to go up and it is up then as well. So jobs numbers quite solid stock market quite solid inflation. Inflation now for the better part of a year has been trickling down and down and down with some blips where it goes up. Are inflation numbers where we would love them to be? No. Are they dramatically better than when Trump left and Joe Biden came in? Absolutely. And then we have GDP. GDP growth was still positive in Q1, but it did slow down. Is this the most exciting, dynamic and explosive electrifying economy that we have ever seen? It is not. Is this the near disaster that the right claims the United States economy finds itself in because of Joe Biden's presence in the White House? Absolutely not. And as I've said many times before, many of these indicators only have little bits to do with the policy from the Oval Office and the presidency. Now, there are always reflexive people like they can't help. They just like vomit out these talking points when they don't like conceding that the economy is doing OK because the person they didn't vote for is in the Oval Office. You will hear things like there's jobs created because everybody's working two jobs and that makes the economy bad. We have an indicator of that. There are not a uniquely large number of people working two jobs at this point in time. You hear about, well, it's the reason it's happening is because stay at home moms are having to go back to work because the economy's so bad. Uh, yet you never want to talk about that dynamic when you do your labor participation rate conspiracy theory. So we we hear about all of these things year in and year out. We can find the data. There is not anything particularly alarming or different right now about the number of people who were out of the workforce and went back in or the number of people working two jobs. It doesn't mean we don't have problems. Wages relative to inflation have been stagnant for a while now. That's a long term problem. It's bigger than Biden. It's bigger than Trump. It's bigger than Obama. OK, you get the picture. Labor participation rate. The country's population has been growing for a very long time. At most times, you can say we have more people than ever working and we have more people than ever not working. That makes it a really popular political football to throw around. My suggestion is to zoom out, look at unemployment, job creation, GDP, stocks, inflation, meaning consumer price index, wage growth. And I could go on in a couple more and then take the general temperature of it to get a sense of where we are. If you do that, it is not possible to come to the conclusion some on the right have come to, which is that Joe Biden's economy is a disaster, putting the United States on the brink of collapse. There is no case that can be made with data, actual data, honest data um, that would uh, accurately suggest that that is the situation right now. Could the economy be better? Sure. Is the economy a disaster right now? Not at all. Could it become one in the future? Of course. We have a top rated poll, a rated poll, which says that Trump would crush Biden in 2024 and DeSantis would crush Biden in 2024. We're going to look at the poll. Many of my right wing friends wrote to me over the weekend and said, David, you will never cover this poll. Does that sound like me? Does that sound like something I would do? Just ignore a poll because the numbers don't coincide with I guess what I would like the numbers to say, which I would like the numbers to say, nobody's going to be so stupid that they're going to fall for voting for Trump again.
That's what I would like the numbers to say. Many of the numbers don't say that. So let's look at this this new poll and then look at some caveats. Uh, Biden faces broad negative ratings at the start of campaign post ABC poll finds. And indeed, we don't have to look at every aspect of the poll. But when we look at the 538 um, compilation of recent polls, and please, there's these people in the audience who will write to me and say, David, why do you use left wing 538 to look at polls? 538 isn't doing their own polls. 538 just aggregates polls. So you can look at the polls and judge for yourself the deal with the polls. Okay. ABC News Washington Post poll among registered voters, Biden losing to DeSantis by six. That is no longer a statistical dead heat. There is a caveat, and I'll get to it in a moment. Among all adults, DeSantis leading Biden by even more, seven. What about Biden versus Trump? Well, among registered voters, Trump leads Biden by six, the exact same lead that DeSantis has. And then if you look instead at all adults rather than just registered voters, Trump leads Biden by seven, the exact same lead that Ron DeSantis has over Biden. So anytime we get one poll, we usually want to do three things. Actually, listen, let, let's be thorough. OK, it's a Monday. We can be a little more thorough. We want to do four things. Number one, is this a well-rated poll or is this a toilet trash poll? This is a this is a well-rated poll, a rating ABC News, Washington poll. Generally speaking, these polls are trustworthy. Second question. Is there something about the timing of what is being asked about that would make all polling about this question less accurate? Well, I don't know the answer to that. You can make the case it's too early to do general election polling because it's only May of the year before. But the 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 important thing is if it's too early, it's equally too early for any pollsters. So we can compare this poll to other polls. That's the second question. Is there something about the timing or in particular that would make this a bad time to ask about this? Number three. Are there many undecideds where you have a lot of blanks in the polling? And the answer is in this poll, we do. When DeSantis leads Biden 44 to 38, that means 18 percent of people uh, did not choose either of them. They either said unsure, neither don't know, too early to say. That's a lot of people because the, the margin is only six. So when 18 percent aren't even there, that's a that's a question. And then with Biden, Trump, 16 percent aren't in there at thirty nine forty five. You've got 16 percent of the electorate. These elections come down to somewhere between one and five points in general. So, yes, that is a big, big caveat. A lot of people were not forced into making a choice here. They could say, I'm, I'm just not sure yet. I don't know someone else. And then the fourth question in general, when we look at polling is, are these polls? Is this poll an outlier compared to others? And it sort of is. If you look at other polling, for example, the B plus rated YouGov poll that was done just a day before the one I just told you about, that one has Biden leading DeSantis and Biden tied with Trump. So the most important message here is whatever your view on whether YouGov should be a B plus or a B minus poll or whether the ABC News poll was you know, done at 3 a.m. and people were too tired to respond accurately. Like whatever you want to come up with with any of these polls, the message here needs to be it is not at all obvious that Joe Biden can defeat DeSantis or Trump in reelection. That's what we need to be screaming from the rooftops, and that needs to be the message. Now, one bit of good news from this 
is that DeSantis's numbers against Biden are good. And let me tell you why that's good news. Uh, I'll explain what I mean. DeSantis has been crumbling in Republican primary polls. And he had this bizarre, you know, where he was asked a question and he, he grinned and was like a bobblehead. He was massively triggered when asked about Trump recently, and we'll have more clips of DeSantis later today. He just doesn't seem to be able to handle it. Republican donors are bailing on DeSantis billionaire saying this guy doesn't have what it takes. And so DeSantis, it's not clear whether DeSantis will or won't announce. I believe it is better for the eventual Democratic nominee, likely Joe Biden, for DeSantis and Trump to have a really long and a really ugly primary. I believe that that will weaken them. I don't believe this. Well, whoever comes out will be stronger because of the fight. No, I believe that many will be turned off by how ugly DeSantis v. Trump is likely to get. And hopefully DeSantis will be encouraged to run, even if he's not doing so well in the Republican primary polls, because he sees, hey, if somehow I could get on the ballot in November of 24, I have a really good shot at defeating Joe Biden. His ego may not allow him to get away from running when he sees those poll results. That's the one good bit of news I can find of them. The really disturbing news is this is a country who is so disconnected from fact, empiricism, common sense, reality, sanity to some degree that they genuinely might. There's tens of millions of people who, if they get the chance, they'll put Trump in the Oval Office or DeSantis in the Oval Office. And that should really scare us. We'll have all of these stories on our YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com forward slash the David Pakman show. Help us get to two million subscribers on YouTube. We'll take a quick break and be right back. One of our sponsors is electric e-bikes. I've been watching e-bike reviews on YouTube for a while because I've been thinking of getting one and I continually come across electric as the brand to go with if your budget is between eight hundred and thirteen hundred dollars. And I have to agree from experience. I've had my electric e-bike for a little while now. I've almost ditched my car and regularly bike at this point for errands and things around my neighborhood. It's awesome cardio because I'm still pedaling. I get there faster. I can see more. I'm reducing my carbon footprint. The e-bike came to my doorstep fully assembled. It has a bright LCD screen, seven speed gearing, five levels of pedal assist, a powerful battery that you can take inside to charge. It's also fully foldable. I can put it in the back of my car. Electric has models for every lifestyle and you can finance for as little as 73 bucks a month. Go to electricebikes.com to learn more. Explore all of the incredible e-bike models they offer. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors is Helix Sleep. I have been sleeping on a Helix mattress at home for years now. I couldn't be more happy with it. I recommend it to everybody. The other day, even though she's not allowed in the big bed, I put my baby daughter on the mattress and even she loved it. Helix Sleep is the premium mattress brand offering tailored mattresses based on your unique sleep preferences. Take the Helix Sleep quiz. It asks you about your body type, your sleeping position. Do you get hot at night? Do you have back pain? And then Helix will match you with the mattress that's perfect for you. Most people don't know where to begin when shopping for a mattress, including me. Helix makes it simple and less risky because you know you're getting a mattress that fits your needs. It ships free. 
You can try it for 100 nights to see if you like it. And it comes with a 10 or 15 year warranty. Unlike many mattress companies, all Helix mattresses are made in the USA by a skilled production team. So you are supporting good jobs. Helix Sleep is giving my audience up to 20% off plus two free pillows. What other mattress company is going to give you 20% off? Go to helixsleep.com slash Pacman. That's H E L I X sleep.com slash Pacman for up to 20% off and two free pillows. The link is in the podcast notes. Well, the weirder getting weirder. The Donald Trump said in Scotland that he was leaving early in order to go to the E. Jean Carroll rape trial in New York, apparently to testify, which was news to so many people. Wow, Trump's leaving. He's going to testify. And then he just didn't. Then his lawyer said he's not testifying. What are you talking about? This just goes from the comical to the completely absurd to the pathetic and dishonest. Here is Donald Trump. Trump had until five o'clock p.m. yesterday to let the court know in writing if he was going to testify today. And he told I believe this was Irish press. I don't know if this video was filmed in Ireland or in Scotland. Here is Trump saying how terrible it is. He's got to leave early. He could be playing golf. You know, he's got to leave early and go testify, I guess, in the rape trial that's happening in New York. Take a look at this. Oh, boy. Our video is glitching badly. That's not good. Let's let's take a look. Here we go. Leave Ireland and I have to leave Scotland where I have great properties. I have to leave early. I don't have to, but I choose to. Ah. Will you attend the trial, Mr. President? I'll probably attend. It's a disgrace that it's allowed to happen. It's called false accusations against a rich guy or, in my case, against a famous, rich and political person <laughs> that's leading the polls by 40 points. Right. And I have to go back for a woman that made a false accusation about me. And I have a judge who's extremely hostile. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to confront this one. This woman is a disgrace and it shouldn't be allowed to happen in our country. You- All right. So he very clearly says, I'm going to go back and I'm going to confront the woman and I'm going to go to the trial. OK, well, he had up until yesterday at five o'clock to notify the court that he's going to do that. And of course, he's not going to NBC News. Trump won't testify in E. Jean Carroll rape and defamation trial after judge's deadline passes. Judge Lewis Kaplan set a deadline of 5 p.m. Sunday for Trump to notify the court if he wanted to testify after his lawyer said that he would not. So what do we make of it? We don't know. Did Trump think he was going to go testify? Did Trump think the media would be impressed by him saying he was going to go? His attorneys did not issue a filing by the 5 p.m. Sunday deadline that was set. Closing arguments started uh, earlier this morning. Lawyers for Trump and Carroll rested their case in the civil trial last week. Kaplan left open the possibility for Trump, who said he would not appear to take the witness stand, giving him time to change his mind. Trump's lawyer said last week Trump will not testify. They are not putting on any witnesses. Attorney Joe Tacopina reiterated that on Thursday when he rested. He told the judge he spoke to Trump earlier and Trump waived his right to testify. Trump, however, told reporters on a golf course in Ireland he was going back to New York because of the case. I'll probably attend. She's a fake. It's a disgrace. I've got to go back and do it. So listen, I have absolutely no idea where this case is going to go. We're going to look at um, uh, deposition testimony from Trump in in a couple of minutes. I have no idea what this court will find on any of these uh, questions. It has been obfuscation and chaos and wacky depositions. It's it's been 
there's no sensible way for me to come up with a prediction and we'll kind of have our answer soon. So so we'll we'll figure that out. Even legal opinions that I've looked at are sort of split as to what is to be expected here. Uh, what we can be sure of, what we can be sure of is that no matter the outcome, Trump will claim either victory or will martyr himself that no matter what that we know is going to happen. Why did Trump say he was going to testify when he wasn't? We don't know. Let's now look at what when Trump did testify in the sense of being deposed insane videos released over the weekend. All right. We have gotten to the end to some degree of the Trump defamation and rape trial brought by E. Jean Carroll. We now have video of Trump's deposition. It is as crazy as anything I have ever seen. Here is an unbelievable moment. I would dare say Kafka esque. Trump has long held one of the reasons he would not have sexually assaulted E. Jean Carroll is not that he doesn't sexually assault women. It's that she's not his type. That's about physical attraction. In this video I'm about to play for you, this is unbelievable. Trump is given a picture of E. Jean Carroll and he believes that it's his ex-wife Marla Maples, someone he presumably was attracted to, completely destroying the notion that E. Jean Carroll is not someone that is Trump's type. He thought it was his own ex-wife. Take a look at this. I don't even know who the woman. Let's say I don't know who it's Marla. Okay, it's Marla means it's my ex-wife Marla Maples. You're saying Marla's in this photo? That's Marla, yeah. That's that's my wife. Which woman are you pointing to? No. Here. Carol. Oh, is that, the oh, person well, you just pointed to was oh, Eugene Carroll. Who is that? Who is this? <laughs> and the person the woman on the right is your then wife. I don't Ivana? know. This was the picture. I assume that's John Johnson. Is that that's Carol? Because it's very blurry. There you go. Trump insists by and, and again, I I'm I'm not focusing on the insanity of being accused of having sexually assaulting someone and then saying they're not my type. The right reaction from someone who doesn't commit sexual assault would be I've never sexually assaulted anyone and I, I don't sexually assault people anyway. It's not his type, except it sort of seems like she was because he thought it was his own ex-wife. That is wild, wild stuff. And somehow the people defending Biden were supposed to believe are creepy in some way. Uh, we then get to the next um, uh, section about this, about she's not my type. It wouldn't be my first choice. And Trump, I think in this clip, he also tells the lawyer asking him the questions that she wouldn't be a, a top choice for Trump either. Look at this. When you said in that video that Ms. Leeds would not be your first choice, you were referring to her physical looks, correct? Just the overall. Not I, I look at her, I see her, I hear what she says, whatever. You wouldn't be a choice of mine either, to be honest with you. I hope you're not insulted. Wow. I would not, under any circumstances, have any interest in you. I'm, being, I'm honest when I say it. Uh, she, I would not have any interest in. When you Grotesque stuff. Grotesque stuff. Tr Trump wouldn't be interested in Ms. Leeds or E. Jean Carroll or the lawyer asking the question. He's just not interested. The good news per Trump is if he doesn't find you attractive, he wouldn't sexually assault you. Of course, I would be, be much more inspired if Trump were to say, doesn't matter how attractive I find someone. 
I would never commit an act of sexual assault. That's not what he has chosen to say. Trump also challenged um, the timeline of the infamous Access Hollywood tape where he talks about when you're famous, they just let you do it. You can grab them by the you know what Trump asked about whether he was engaged to Melania at different points in time and whether that would make that video more or less problematic or whatever. Trump just basically plays dumb and says, I don't remember when I was married. I don't remember when I was engaged. I don't know. Am I correct that video was recorded in September 2005? I guess that would I don't know the date, but whatever date it was is fine with me. And am I correct that you were engaged to your current wife sometime in 2004? I don't know. Am I correct that you married your cur current wife in January 2005? I don't know relative to that tape. No. <laughs> he doesn't know when he was married. Now, he's trying to get out of it by saying, I don't know when the marriage happened relative to that tape. But I mean, listen, I'm not married. Don't most people remember when they got married? Is that a crazy thing to think you would remember? I don't know. Married people can write to me and let me know. Uh, the topic of the Access Hollywood uh, tape did come up uh, multiple times. Here's another moment of that. In this video, I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab them by the you can do anything. That's what you said, correct? Well, historically, that's true with stars. Trump's a historian here. That's all he meant. He just meant fr from the point of view of a history buff. When you're famous, they just let you do it. You can grab them by the you know what. It's true with stars that, that they can grab women. by. Well, that's what it's. If you look over the last million years, I guess. <laughs> million years. I'm going to have to go back with that over the last min million years. 250,000 of which it was modern humans. And then before that, even in pre-human times, um, you could just th th when you were a star, pre-human stars, you know, 750,000 years ago, they would just let you do it. I, it started to I, I started thinking to myself, they're talking about stars and Trump's talking about a million years. Is it possible Trump's talking about actual stars like out in space? And this is actually about something totally different. Let's go back. Uh, for the last million years, Trump weighs in on human history. Let's listen. It's true with stars that, that they can grab women by. Well, that's what it's. If you look over the last million years, I guess that's been largely true. Not always, but largely true. Unfortunately, or fortunately. <laughs> that's that's an even crazier little bookend. Fortunately or unfortunately, I guess it depends on the eye of the beholder who's doing the grabbing and who's being grabbed for a million years. When you're a star, they just let you do it. This guy is out of his mind, truly. Now, just for contrast, here's the one clip of this nonsense that Fox News played, which, quite frankly, is like they found the only 30 seconds where Trump doesn't seem as grotesque. Listen, I didn't have to reach out to anybody because it didn't happen. Um, and, and by the way, if it did happen, it would have been reported within minutes talking about going to a major floor, probably, I assume, the most important floor, uh, a major floor in a major department store. That's a very busy store, by the way. Right. And check out counters and everything else. And I, I would be in there. I mean, it's the most ridiculous. It's the most ridiculous, disgusting story. It was just made up. Now, two things. One, Fox News picking the clip. They skip all the grabbing by the you know what they skip Trump telling the lawyer he's not attracted to her, which is crazy. 
and they pick this one uh, clip where Trump seems more defiant about just it's all made up. The funny thing is, even this clip isn't that great for Trump, if you understand the full story, because Trump has insisted as part of his defense, he never would really go to that store, Bergdorf Goodman. He, he just he's not super familiar with it. He never went there, blah, 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 blah. But he knows about the crowds and he knows about which floors are the most important floors, which would have the biggest crowds. Even this clip to the knowing observer contradicts the story Trump has been telling over and over and over and over again. So the deposition video is bonkers, cuckoo for Cocoa Puff stuff. The uh, both sides have rested. We will see what ultimately comes of this defamation and rape trial. But if you understand the backstory, Trump doesn't exactly look good here. If you're looking for the perfect Mother's Day gift, our sponsor Aura Frames creates incredible ultra quality digital frames for displaying pictures and videos. You can preload the frame with your favorite memories, pictures, videos for mom to see when she opens it up. You can update it with unlimited photos and videos from anywhere using the Aura Frames app. No fees ever, no limits on storage. Aura Frames was voted the number one digital picture frame by Wirecutter, the strategist and Wired magazine. My mom loves the frame I gave her. I also have an Aura Frame in my house. When we were just traveling, I was able to immediately add pictures which pop up on my mom's frame. And I've noticed the photos look like real prints, such high resolution, and the display is calibrated so that you can not even tell it's a screen. Aura Frames has an awesome Mother's Day deal for my audience. You'll get up to $30 off their best selling Carver mat frame and free shipping. Go to AuraFrames.com slash Pacman. Use the code Pacman. That's A U R A frames.com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman for $30 off the Carver mat and free shipping. The info is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors is Ounce of Hope, offering high quality THC cannabis products shipped right to your door anywhere in the U.S., 100 percent federally legal, giving my listeners 20 percent off. Ounce of Hope is an aquaponic cannabis company, which means that their process is sustainably raising fish using the nutrient rich water from the fish habitat, meaning the fish poop to feed to the cannabis plants as fertilizer, organic and symbiotic. They donate the fish to local homeless shelters. They donate their excess fish fertilizer to small farms and gardens in their community. So there are many things to love about Ounce of Hope. But what they have for you is just a great variety of cannabis edibles, topicals, oils and more. They have CBD. They have products with Delta eight and Delta nine THC. Their psychoactive THC products do have the effect associated with marijuana, but it's federally legal because it's made from hemp so they can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. Unlike other companies that sell Delta eight and Delta nine THC products, Ounce of Hope's process is all done in house. So, you know, the products arriving at your door are safe and high quality. Ounce of Hope is giving David Pakman show listeners 20 percent off everything they offer when you go to ounceofhope.com and use the code Pacman, that's O U N C E of hope.com, code Pacman for 20% off. The info is in the podcast notes. 
So I hope that by now many of you have had a chance to see my interview uh, with Lex Friedman on his podcast. It's about three and a half hours long. If you haven't, we've linked to it on the press page at davidpackman.com. You can find it on Lex's YouTube channel. It's on his audio podcast. Check it out if it's interesting to you. One of the things that came up and generated a lot of discussion is the discussion about um, wokeness and to some degree as a relation in relation to that cancel culture. And I want to delve into cancel culture here a little bit more because I think that it has become untenable to continue even for a second pretending, pretending that the cancel culture is prevalent anywhere other than the American right wing. Now, I know that some of you will say, but David, hold on a second. It's the right wing that has been messaging for years now. We are against cancel culture. We're against cancellation. We're against all of that stuff. It is the left that cancel, cancel, cancels like with most of these things. It is the height of projection from the American right wing. It is they accusing the left of that which they are guilty of themselves. They say we're against business regulation. We're against it all, except when they want to force Twitter to publish their covid nonsense. All of a sudden now Twitter should be forced to publish covid disinformation or businesses. If you want to require a mask, you shouldn't be allowed to do it. New law. You can't require masks if that's what businesses want to do, rather than letting the free market decide. I'm aware of bookstores that to this day require masks, and I'm aware of people that choose not to go to those bookstores because some people are over the masks. That's everybody's choice. Nobody's interfering. I thought that was the way that the right wanted regulation done. OK, that gets us to cancel culture. Think of the framing from the right wingers, which is we will not let the left keep canceling the left or the cancelers, blah, 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 blah. The book banning movement, the height of cancellation growing and growing and growing. And it is the right that is banning books, which is a form of cancellation. They are creating law to restrict the phrases, terms and topics that teachers should be allowed to use or better said, should not be allowed to use. That's an insane form of cancellation. They want to cancel Disney because Disney supported the don't say gay bill. They want to cancel M&Ms because one of them was androgynous or whatever. It, that was crazy. They want to cancel Bud Light because Bud Light did a promo with a trans woman and all of it over choices that businesses are simply making. They're not against the law. They don't create any legal issue. Colin Kaepernick knelt during the national anthem and then was involved with Nike. They wanted to cancel Nike because Colin Kaepernick was in a Nike ad. And in fact, they wanted to cancel the NFL at one point because people weren't standing during the national anthem. They wanted to pull um, uh, public funding for stadiums. Uh, the NBA they wanted to cancel because the NBA has gone too woke. With Dr. Fauci, it's cancel, arrest, imprison. Some even said execute Fauci, execute Fauci. Some went as far as to say because Fauci w was too arrogant or something about medical knowledge. Meanwhile, they were listening to Trump's medical advice. Liz Cheney, cancel. She's the wrong type of Republican. There's no room for her. Cancel her Republican credentials. She can't be in the Republican Party. Kick her out. Other Republicans who simply don't believe Trump won in 2020, Mitt Romney, cancel him as well. They want to silence people who are woke on Twitter. They want to cancel drag shows that aren't being forced upon anybody. 
It's up to parents. Do you bring your kids to a drag show or don't you? Yeah, by the way, the other day, this is the season now for pride parades. And I ended up wandering through a couple pride parades over the last few weeks. And uh, I, I laughed to myself as drag performers came by or, you know, what all sorts of different things. I laughed. Imagine seeing this. You know, I, I had my baby daughter with me. Imagine seeing this and thinking, oh, my goodness, shield her from this. This could this could damage her. This could ruin her in some way. It's bonkers stuff, but they want to cancel all of it. Black Lives Matter definitely deserves to be canceled as well. How did these folks become such snowflakes afraid of everything and wanting to invoke in so many of these cases the power of the state, the power of the state, not in all, but in many of these cases, the power of the state to control and to cancel as well. So we have to really understand that if you zoom out, I've been telling you for a while now, they've essentially abandoned policy because they're losing on policy. They're they're running on anti-abortion. The country mostly wants abortion to be legal. They're wishy washy on gay marriage and sometimes completely against it. The country wants gay marriage to be legal by a large majority. Uh, they're running on don't tax rich people. The country, by and large, thinks taxing the very rich to fund social programs is a good idea. They're running on do do nothing about guns when more than 80 percent of the country says at least pass a background check law that doesn't let any transactions circumvent requiring a background check, even transactions between people who know each other. They, they're running against that. They're off on all of the policy. So they go, well, the left wants to cancel, but really it is they who want to cancel. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. Ron DeSantis, in his latest proof of being completely not ready for prime time, ended up massively triggered at his own press conference here. And we're going to look at a couple of clips. And the story here is this guy is so not ready or able to handle a protracted and and ugly national primary campaign against Donald Trump. He's just not ready. Uh, I don't know if he ever will be. He's so uncharismatic. He's so triggerable that uh, I just don't know that he can ever do it here. DeSantis cuts off a reporter who tries to ask him about his anti trans policies and DeSantis yells out how many people here are paid or something like that. How many of these people were paid to come? I mean, like, honestly, it's like so, seriously, some of this stuff is just totally manufactured. And I, when you talk to people, and I know like people in your industry will dress it up with a euphemism and they'll say it's it's health care to cut off the private parts of a 14 or 15 year old. That is not health care. That is mutilation. And so when we're standing up against that. Guy's off his rocker. And so when we're standing up against that, we're protecting these kids. We had Chloe Cole. We've had other people who who went through this when they were minors. Now they're older, and it's like the biggest regret of their life. They feel like that they were manipulated. I understand there's some physicians that are very ideological about it, but the fact is, people go through a lot when they're teenagers. You grow out of it most of the time in these situations. 80, 90 percent resolves by the time you get there. Sweden, these European countries that went down this road have done a big U-turn. They said this is not good uh, uh, medical practice. And so they don't do it anymore. So all we're doing is is doing what's right. Um, the idea that this would have been something 
that people would have been, it would have even been controversial, even like 10 years ago, would not have been something that anybody would have said. Well, you know, what's funny is 10 years ago, the right wasn't obsessed with it. The 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 treatments have gotten better. But 10 years ago, the difference was the right wasn't obsessed with it. And in some senses, it was actually a better process to go through and get the treatment that people wanted to get and that they believed was right for them in consultation with their doctors. DeSantis asked about, are you going to run in 2024 or not? And he says relatively soon he's going to get on that relatively soon. A Republican colleague, say, colleague saying that it would be political malpractice for you not to run for the White House. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I mean, I think that uh, I, I was started to get asked about this actually years ago. Right. But it's like, look, I, I was I was in my first term as governor. We were doing good things. A lot of the stuff I was doing that I think put me on the map was because I was getting criticized for it, especially during covid. Right. Turned out he didn't want to be in the spotlight. He was just doing the right things and people started paying attention. That, that, that Florida handled it right. And then many other things there. But I was like, look, the end of the day, you know, as a leader, you get things done. Very important. But you also got to show take that case to the voters and you got to be able to get some support down the on the on the election front. And so I felt very confident going into November 22. We were going to do very well. Uh, but uh, you really had to put put up or shut up on that. And so we did that. And I think that that was something that was really significant. So then people have been asking a lot after that. <laughs> this is all him pretending like he never really was looking to run, but everybody just came to him and they were so impressed. But uh, I also understood that we had this opportunity here to be able to really, really do a lot of great stuff. And yeah. um, I've always said that we're going to see this through and that's what we're going to do. You know what happens uh, in the future? Look. People will, will will get on that relatively soon. I mean, there's just, you know, you either got to put up or shut up on that as well. So, so what's weird is if he says he's going to see the, this through, that suggests that he would stay for the whole gubernatorial term. But clearly, if he's going to run in 2024, that's not going to happen um, unless with the law change, he's actually going to try to be a functional governor. And I, I don't know what the guy's planning. It's all crazy. It's all really, really crazy. Um, and of course, that term wouldn't be over if he became president, he would end up leaving. I don't know what he means by we're going to see it through. Uh, there was then um, he wrapped up with talking about cutting off private parts, which is a classic that they now are in love with repeating over and over again. Legislature prohibited doing things like double mastectomies. They prohibited doing things, you know, with uh, with male private parts that are very graphic. They prohibited pumping these minors with puberty blockers, Pumping. which is just not something that, that 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 it's appropriate. So I think those are appropriate guardrails. Look, there's some parents that this is something that that they want to go down that road. But I think a lot of parents, you know, they just want what's best for their kid. Their kid may be going through something. So then they'll go to a physician and the physician is pushing this stuff uh, on the family. And, and that's just that's wrong. And so we're happy that, that we were able to, to, to do that. Remember that they've still not demonstrated to my satisfaction, certainly that physici physicians are pushing things on people for, for a lot of these folks explaining options that exist. They say that's a form of pushing. I understand some of those same activists were upset about the death penalty for raping the minors under 12. Why are you upset about that? Is that really the hill that you want to die on? I think some of these people that particularly the serial abusers of these kids, uh, I think the only appropriate punishment is capital punishment in those situations. And kill them. He's saying kill them. Is he talking about doctors? Who is he talking about? 
it's just just a little bit vague so you can't be totally sure so we were right to do that and we'll continue to continue to do what's right so all right everybody god bless thanks so much god bless you everybody okay yeah we're gonna kill doctors thank you very much now um the polling keeps getting worse for desantis it's not dramatically worse this is a 2024 republican nomination poll and it actually has a chart. You see that the second line here, this DeSantis line, it peaked uh, in mid-February and then got almost back up there in late March. But there's been this pretty significant decline. Quite frankly, the decline started right before Trump got arrested and, and then did get arrested, um, continuing to kind of stick between DeSantis was between 23 and 24 for a while in the primary polling. Remember, this is against Trump. He's now down between 22 and 23. So the polling's getting worse, not dramatically worse, but it really doesn't seem like this guy has what it takes. And it's so easy to get under his skin. I hope he does run because I think it's better for the Democratic nominee and it's worse for DeSantis and it's worse for Trump. We have a voicemail number. That number is 2192 David P. I don't really know what to make of this call. It's a caller who says he's obese and he's he's called in before and I, he, he is obese. I believe that part. That's not the joke. But he says he identifies as thin. I don't know. Let's see what you make of this. I don't know if this is like an anti trans thing or what. No joke. Really no joke. I am an obese male. But you know what? I identify as a thin. Muscular man. OK. Why? Well. I'm obese compared to who? Compared to a sumo wrestler, I am pretty darn thin. So yes, I identify as a thin, muscular man, even though I am an obese person with metabolic syndrome. Hmm. Why am I saying all of this? Yeah. What's the difference? I really don't understand the difference. Between like what? You don't understand the difference between what and what? A, between a trans person expressing their gender and an obese person saying they identify as muscular and thin? I don't know. But if there's any greater confusion about trans people than that voicemail, I certainly haven't seen it. We've got a great bonus show for you. Uh, there is a new poll, which we talked about at the top of the show from ABC, and we talked about the top level results. But there are some other results that are interesting, including one that shows that under 35% of the population right now believes Joe Biden has the mental sharpness required for a second presidential term. We will discuss that. Will that become a problem? The uh, Seattle Public Library System has launched a program to allow teens to access books that have been banned. We will discuss that. And lastly, in the wake of this horrifying, horrifying shooting in Texas, a Texas lawmaker is lobbying to teach third graders to do first aid for gunshot wounds. So that if there's a shooting and one of their classmates gets shot, the third graders who would be between eight and nine years old would be prepared to administer gunshot related first aid. This is where we are in uh, Texas, in the United States. All of those stories and more when I am joined by producer Pat on the bonus show. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. But everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. Super strong bonus show today. I do think today we'll make money on the bonus show. Last week we took a day off for making money on the bonus show, but this week we should do it. Uh, also, I have just been notified that Steve Bannon is now coming after me. So we're going to review that. I'll probably have more for uh, about that for you 
either on the bonus show or tomorrow. Joinpacman.com is the place to sign up. We will see you then.